Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcottawa.org. Yes, Pastor Warren, though any piece of Scripture with that many place names and that many pronunciations to try to master, we must give to a fellow clergy person. Yes. Uh, However, I've given a tip many times to people. Anytime you're reading Scripture in a public setting and you run across all those kinds of place names, just read it confidently. Nobody's going to know whether you got it right or not. (laughs) Right? I mean, who's going to know? As long as you're confident, just roll right on with it. Well, this morning... We're at the day of Pentecost, and you might say, we're just going to roll right on with it. Or, as as I remember Corky Price in the service from Friday, and one of his euphemisms, onto it. Just onto it. So we are onto it this morning, the 50th day after Easter. We've been celebrating the season of Easter seven Sundays, and now we come to Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit rooted in really all of Scripture. You, we read earlier from Genesis 11, 1 through 9, and the Tower of Babel, and the, the scrambling of the people. The people seeking to build a tower so that they didn't need God. God says, slow down here. You're, you're going you're gonna to need an interpreter. You're going to need... Uh, holy presence in your lives if you think you can build a tower so you can do without me i mean not that humanity here thousands of years later would ever try to construct a life in which we could try to do without god i mean i mean of course we've never had seasons in our lives where we tried to say god let me leave you behind or we've tried to construct a life built on on towers of independence or self-reliance or 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 finances or prestige or job or reputation or people liking us or things we do well or talent i mean we i mean we would never do such a thing right We, we would never of course do such a thing try to build a life that leaves god behind But know that when we seek to build a life that leaves God behind, at some point, well, you might say that'll come home to roost. At at some point, we find we're empty. At some point, we find we are spiritless. Our soul is dried up. We find that we need the presence of God. As we celebrate and acknowledge this day of Pentecost, I'm reminded of of the statement by theologian Karl Rahner that you may hear from me frequently, and that is, if the Christian of the future is to be anything at all, the Christian of the future will be a mystic. The Christian of the future will be a mystic if he's going to be anything at all. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, that means the Christian of the future is going to be someone who believes that there is experience of God. That there is whether it's in stillness and quiet or praise or or some kind of experience that there there is there's an acknowledgement of experience with god like it's not just what we learn in our head it's not just in the liturgy we use, liturgies we use or the beliefs we have or the doctrine to which we hold dear not to diminish any of those things but rooted in there's been a divine encounter. Somewhere along the way in this life, I've experienced God. 
and we look back and we, and we see the signpost and the marks of, oh, I wonder, that was God with me, wasn't it? That was God directing my path. That was God saving, God turning, God teaching, God showing, God informing, God filling, God increased that joy, God decreased that burden God got me through that storm experiences with God the one of the favorite classes I ever had in seminary was taught by I believe a a saint of God Dr. Glenn Henson he taught church history but I think his real special class was classics of Christian devotion and the mystics, St. Julian, Julian of Norwich, and St. Teresa of Avila, and St. John of the Cross. I mean, those who had these mystical encounters. Those things you can't explain. I believe that if we take a moment, we've all had some encounters we can't quite explain. Can't quite explain. It might be driving down the road in the car. It might be a memory that flashes, a feeling that comes, something that overflows, or it may be a looking back and saying, I don't know how I made it through that time in my life, but God. We may be here this morning saying, I'm seeking those experiences, I'm seeking to discover, but experience with God. And one of the things that I find so profound and essential and important about church life, not just in one church but the church every church every denomination every expression of following Jesus is seeking to find some way to say we've had an experience with God this is the theme you'll hear from me over and over again as well because in our times of division in our times of being scattered even as Jesus following church going people aren't we all trying to give expression to the same thing some some the Pentecostals, it's the day of Pentecost. Some, it's, it's with raised hands and shouting songs and loud noises and, and experiential worship. For some, for some, it's... How do I express my experience with God in the building in which we worship? That's, we are blessed with having that kind of space. Some, some are, how do I express my experience with God in my devotion to, to disciplines of, of Bible reading and Bible study or memorizing Scripture? How do I express my devotion to God and, and how closely I keep, keep certain beliefs? Some try to express their experience through what they might call orthodoxy and build, well, and build maybe a fence around it, but that's a discussion for another day. Because the Spirit's always freeing us. The Spirit's always crossing over boundaries. The Spirit's always getting us beyond and encountering God in the here and now and having experience with God. Well, in the story that was read from the book of Acts, they had an experience that Peter then stood up and began to interpret the experience they had through the story of God. They had an experience. Tongues of fire, people, I mean, man, what an experience. There's people from everywhere, from all over the known world, from all kinds of different languages, and there's tongues of fire, and they're beginning to understand what is being said in their own language. They had an experience that they couldn't explain. Uh, we don't need to get caught up in literally, at least not today, literally trying to figure out what happened on the day of Pentecost, except they understood what they shouldn't have been able to understand. 
there was a translator. There, there, there was, there was a, a divine event that allowed them to hear in their own language. Have you ever gone to an event where there's an interpreter and, you, and maybe you've got headphones and somebody's speaking in a different language and you're hearing your own language in the headphones? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody had that experience? Or can at least imagine it. And so somebody's speaking on stage and you, you would have no idea what they're saying, but there's somebody in, interpreting that and speaking it and so you're hearing in your own language. Well, they didn't need technology on the day of Pentecost. It, it was the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I would certainly suggest that in our world today, we, we need some Holy Spirit interpretation. We have a hard time understanding one another. Hmm? I mean, wouldn't you say that? I mean, we have a hard time understanding one another. And, and it seems like even those who speak English, and tragically, even sometimes those who speak Jesus, we have a hard time understanding one another. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Like, help us to to hear and understand one another as speaking the same language. So they're together all in one room. They have an experience, and Peter begins to interpret the experience through the story, and he begins to tell the story of God. And you can think of Tower of Babel. You can think of Call of Abraham. You can think of all kinds of things, even the story of Moses. So think about Moses, who goes up on the mountain and receives the Ten Commandments with, from God. Moses goes up and he comes down. He goes up, meets with God, and comes down with instructions with the Ten Commandments. Here we are at Pentecost. Jesus has been crucified and laid in the ground. He's been raised on the third day and he ascended into heaven. But at Pentecost, Jesus who has ascended is sending his presence is the holy spirit now coming down so at pentecost we have moses going up the mountain and coming back down in a whole new way it's not laws and commandments but rather the very presence of god that will write the way of god on our hearts and that will that will be able to speak over the valley of dry bones ezekiel 37 of our existence son of man what do you see what do you see and it's the Holy Spirit that allows us to see something other than the devastation of our world and the brokenheartedness of circumstances or even the depression of our own situation. What do you see? What do you see? Through the Holy Spirit, we see possibility. Through the Holy Spirit, we see dead bones that can come to life again. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus, who has ascended and come down, is allowing us to see hope and possibility in everything. And that's not just a pep talk. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit reality being acknowledged. Like the, the, it's not just a changing of our mind, but it's a changing of our receiving so that our minds can be changed. The Holy Spirit is, is the one who changes our minds. In the gospel reading, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit coming who will guide us into truth. The Holy Spirit coming who will be the comforter, the counselor, the advocate. It's really, if you want to have a picture, read the gospels and the stories of Jesus and how he healed and loved and forgave and taught and came alongside and picture yourself there. And the Holy Spirit is that is that person really of Jesus in spiritual form walking with us today? Guiding, interpreting, teaching, counseling. Anybody ever need a little guiding? <laughs> a little counsel? 
a little comfort, a little reassurance, a little, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And here comes the Holy Spirit. I titled the message this morning, When the Wind Blows. Of course, you likely know that breath, the ruach, the Hebrew word for, for God's breath or wind that sounds like, you know, just sounds like breathing. When the wind blows, when God breathes, when the wind blows, when God breathes. So when God breathes, as we see at the day of Pentecost, people who are divided come together. People who don't understand one another can suddenly understand one another. When God breathes, things change. When God breathes, minds change. Hearts are open. When God breathes, divisions seem to be overcome. When God breathes, people come to know who God is. When God breathes, people understand the story that God has been telling all along as retold and lived out and embodied and activated through the life of Jesus and then carried on by his followers by the power of the Holy Spirit. When God breathes, when God breathes, it's, it breathes, it's like a revival. It's Pentecost. T today, at least, we have to acknowledge we're all a bit Pentecostal. Hmm? Well, we, we, and I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but in Baptist circles that I've been in, in, in much of my life, you know, there's always this little, this little kind of, kind of this deal with Pentecostals, you know. Oh man, they were just so emotional and all, and, and I don't know about all that. And I don't know about all that jumping and shouting and what in the world is that speaking in tongue stuff? And, and you know, I mean, there's always this suspicion and yet did you read, did you hear when the book of Acts story was read of Pentecost that they thought they were crazy? They were filled with new wine. We need to be careful about thinking that other Christians are crazy. That happened to Pentecost. And those who thought they were crazy or filled with new wine were on the wrong side of the story. I'm just saying. <laughs> so we're all rooted in having an experience with God. Now, I recognize that experience looks different for different people. For some people, it's a raised hand experience. And some people, like, that's just not going to be their thing. Somebody could be behind them and hands aren't going up, right? That's okay. For some, it's, 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 it's moving and, and singing and smiling. For some, it's sitting and maybe some, it's a tear spilling out the corner of their eye. For some, it's in stillness and silence, but it's an experience with God. When God breathes, things happen, the world changes, and people change. When God breathes, people come together. When I think of the day of Pentecost, I can't help but be reminded of the Azusa Street Revival. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Azusa Street Revival, 1906, I believe, 1905, 1906. Some of that revival went on for about nine years. William Seymour was the primary preacher of the Azusa Street Revival out in California on Azusa Street dilapidated building that began to worship and and it is the birth of Pentecostalism and much of Pentecostalism in the United States but here's the things that I found interesting about Azusa Street is when the Holy Spirit came 
Certainly they had ecstatic experiences that we may or may not understand. That's okay. We don't have to understand all the ways in which God moves and all the expressions that the people of God have. But here's what's striking. An African-American one-eyed preacher was the primary preacher of the Azusa Street Revival. Women were affirmed as speakers and preachers in and through the Azusa Street Revival. Women were built up. And so people, and then people from other races and Asian and all people came together. So they came together around having an experience with God. I, I have come to believe that we can come together around an experience with God. But as soon as we try to put certain absolute parameters on what you have to think, it's hard to stay together. Oh, it's good to have conversation about it. I think this way, I, I think this way, this is how I see Scripture. It's good to have conversation. It's become something different when we insist our way is the only way. Doesn't it? It becomes something different. But most everybody who sits in a church pew has either had an experience with God, continues to have experiences with God, is seeking an experience with God, or is wondering if the experiences they've had in their life was an experience with God and they need somebody to help them interpret the experiences they've had. We can sit around and talk about that. And all of a sudden, you can be red, brown, yellow, black, white, rich, poor, young, old, you, you can be anything and having a conversation about experiences with God. Experiences with the divine. That, when we felt our hearts strangely warmed. So the Azusa Street Revival, for a while, it was, it was all kinds of people from language and races, ethnicities, men and women, like fulfilling in many ways, again, what was quoted from the prophet Joel in the Acts reading this morning, young men will dream dreams, young women shall prophesy things that were crossing boundaries, things, that, things you just didn't think, you just didn't do that. And it became, oh, here's the work of God. Because young and old, male and female, slave and free, everybody is expressing they've had an encounter with God. Of course, it didn't take long. If you study the Azusa Street Revival and the move of Pentecostalism and some scholars within that movement that I greatly respect, that I read some of, and it didn't take long for predominantly white voices and it became not quite as widespread a movement after a while. How tragic. So today, we are here acknowledging Pentecost. Jesus promising the gift of the advocate, the counselor, the one who comes alongside. We are not orphaned. We are not left alone. He is with us. We come acknowledging Pentecost and certainly that we've had an experience and then the story of God interprets that experience and roots that experience in the story of Scripture. And we come living the story. So as we come living the story, we're, we're constantly reminded that the story is rooted in the love of God demonstrated through the life 
teaching, compassion, miracles, table fellowship, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then ascension and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. So we come today celebrating Pentecost. We also come acknowledging that all of this is possible because Jesus has shown us God. What does God look like? Jesus. How do we know what God is like? Jesus. How do we know that God loves us? Jesus died on the cross. And so as we pause and prepare ourselves for Holy Communion, a table to which all are invited because Jesus sets the table. Right? Jesus sets the table. Jesus, I like to say, Jesus paid for the meal. Not with his pocketbook, but with his life. So all are welcome at the table. And so in a moment, you're going to come by and you'll just take a piece of bread from the, and then take a cup and then take that back to your seat and we'll all receive together. Because communion is another expression of we're all in this together and everyone has a seat at the table. Communion is the time where we acknowledge that in the broken body of Christ, we see and acknowledge and know that He is with us in our suffering. In His brokenness, we find His presence in our woundedness. There's sacred space. And in the cup, the new covenant, grace, grace, forgiveness, gift, better than we can imagine. And now let us pray. Oh, loving God, as we come to the table this morning, we ask that your Holy Spirit would prepare our hearts and minds to be in a place of humble gratitude, acknowledging your immense gift of love and the sacrifice of your very life. That we might know you, that we might see you, that we might know how much you love us, and that forgiveness is real. So as we receive the bread and the cup, We ask that these elements of communion be consecrated by your Holy Spirit, be set apart, becoming indeed food and drink for our very souls, nourishing us to the very deepest part of ourselves. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Friends, the body of Christ, broken for you. And the blood of Jesus, shed for you. And, O oh God, may we now be reminded and have confidence that you indeed forgive us all our sins and we walk from this moment having experienced you, your grace, your guidance, your counsel, your love, your forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. We invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 930 in Ottawa, Kansas. You can find more information about our church at www.fbcottawa.org.